Welcome to the Trailbreaker Podcast. I'm Aaron Feinberg. In this podcast, I explore what it takes to be a trailbreaker through intimate conversations with people carving new paths across the landscapes of business, art, and sport, we dig in on how to excel across seemingly disparate endeavors. What drives people who manage to succeed multidimensionally? Is it how they think? Is it meticulous planning and follow-through? Or is it some measure of delusional optimism? My guest today is Katie Parson. Regional Vice President of Sales at Renaissance Learning, lover of dance, yoga, and most things outdoors, and mother to two young girls, affectionately dubbed the Blonde Mafia. We talked about how her sales career started at age 14 in her father's coffee shop, why it's so important to take steps to stand out, and why the people along your path matter so much. Good morning, Katie, and thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Good morning, Aaron. It is great to be here. I'm thrilled. I am so excited to talk to you today because so much of the focus of Trailbreaker podcast is all about folks who do break into a new part of their life. And in this world where people change their jobs every few years and sometimes even every few months, you've made a recent transition after almost 20 years in a previous career. And so I want to start off with you sharing a little bit about what your current role is. Sure. My current role is a regional vice president at a company called Renaissance Learning. Uh, we serve the K through 12 market with educational technology or ed tech tools around assessment and practice and instruction analytics tools for teachers and administrators. And what's your official title over there? I am a regional vice president for Northern California, the Pacific Northwest and Hawaii and Alaska. And I'm assuming there's a team underneath you? There is. We've got a team of 10. And with me, it's 11. We gave ourselves a nickname, Ocean's 11. <laughs> nice. And have you always been in sales? You know what, Aaron? I have not always been in sales. So talking about breaking trail and figuring out new things. You know, if I rewind about 20 years ago to one of my first roles, it was at a small software company. I don't think we even called it FinTech back then, but that's what it was. And it really gave me the opportunity to see all functions of a business. There were about 60 people in this company and I saw everything from product development, you know, the software engineers, to the people QAing that software, to the team that marketed that software, to the team that sold the software, and then some of the middle and back office functions around accounting and financial planning. You know, we had IT there, product management. So it really gave me insight into the different functions of a business and how those at, you know, at a company of 60, there are a couple of people in each of those teams. And if you scale that up to a company of 20,000, where I ended up, there are a lot of people in those teams, but it really gave me a nice viewpoint of different functions and kind of what a back office, a middle office and a front office looks like. And really, you know, it can transcend industries, but many types of businesses. And with that insight, how does that help you to be more successful within the company? And then I'm assuming also it translates to those who you're selling to. So what does that insight, what did it allow you to sort of do or be successful with? Yeah, I think two things, you know, one, to understand that ecosystem, you can understand where, where you fit in. And so you see you're, you're dependent on a lot of other groups and a lot of other teams and functions to make sure that, that what you're doing in your role is successful. And I think also for me personally, I, I could figure out by process of elimination what I wanted to do, right? I don't think you come out of the gates, out of university, out of a master's degree, out of even a, you know, a 10-year career knowing exactly what you want, but you do know what you don't want. 
And so I realized, you know, things that weren't for me and what was really exciting me and turning me on about different parts of my job. And that's really how I ended up in sales that I was getting, you know, from the back office to the mid office, to the front office, to closer to the customer and realize that that's what really ignited me is being around customers and being around the people who are engaging those customers and bringing value to them. And so while you were at the same company for almost 20 years, it seems like your role had changed over that time. Your exposure to different things, of course, changes. And then you you wind up paying attention to and cherry picking uh, things that light you up or that energize you and try to bring those into the next iteration of your role. Is that correct? Yeah, that is a really great way to state it. Aaron, I, I like the synthesis. I would add onto that. You're also picking people. You know, you're picking leaders who inspire you. You you are choosing leadership opportunities and, and groups, you know, not necessarily outside of your role, but ancillary to your role, you know, joining um, ERGs or BRGs, you know, the employee resource groups, business resource groups, to make sure that you have leadership opportunities and connections with people across the company that are not directly, you know, if you're in marketing, it's not just the marketing folks that you're around, but it is people with similar interests and different drives and the ability to just really expand. You know, I think network can be a dirty word, but it really isn't. It's, it's, it's connections and people who can help you in your career. That's a great point. And I think that a lot of what comes up in, in coaching with my clients is is this concept of of managing up or you're driving your own career growth and development. And it seems like what you're talking about a little bit is that, you know, being conscious of the the leaders above you or next to you that you can build relationships with in a good way to uh, you know, again, not not for any sleazy or scummy mm. reasoning or and not to sort of usurp your leader's role. It's really about what you can learn from them, uh, what you can uh, align with them in a good way. Um, is that correct? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think about the leaders who inspired me and it helped me become the leader I am today. I look at them and think like, what are the two or three things that come to mind when I think of this leader? And then I think, what are the two or three things that I want to come to people's minds when they think about me? Right. And again, it's, is it a dirty word brand, your personal brand? There are all of these buzzwords, but like, that's very real, you know? And like you said, it's not sleazy. It's who you are and what you want people to think about when they think of you. If they think, oh, I need this kind of skill or this kind of person on my team, do you come to mind because you have those skills and you are that kind of person. So to really define that for yourself, and again, a way to define it is process of elimination, things that aren't me or, you know, things that I really, really admire about other leaders that I want to embody. And and let's hear those. Well, what what do you think inspires you from the the leaders that you have worked with or that you're currently getting to work with? And then we'll talk about what you're trying to embody and, and spread out to your team. Sure, I will. So uh, I immediately think of a previous mentor and boss of mine in New York City. Her name is Patty, and she was incredible. And I would say two of the things that really resonated with me is she was just the rock of the team, right? She was stable. There's a lot of chaos always going. I just, you know, businesses are dynamic and things are always changing, but you always knew you could count on Patty. She was the rock. And only not only could you count on her, she had your back. That you were the most important person on the team in the world to her and she always had your back. You know, I really look at leaders and and you know, high performers and if you are not elevating others, you're not a leader and you're not a high performer and you know, Patty had a team of rock stars. And when you have a team of rock stars, you know you have borrowed time with them because you want to see them, you know, a career is not a ladder, it's a jungle gym. You want to see them move across and move up. But while they are there, you really want to awaken that possibility in them. And that's exactly what Patty did. And that's what I like to do with my team. Yeah, that's such an important trait, I think, as leaders, right, is to is to support your people and also to allow them to grow and yes. to provide 
opportunities or support if they do need to to leave underneath your tutelage, right? Because you know people grow, and that's a that's a hallmark of a really good leader is to is to be able to elevate somebody and then also to support them as they go to their next place, especially if there's not room for them. Exactly. And I think one way that you can do that, it, everyone is different. That's why the world goes around. So to make your, make sure you understand what they want by being curious and by asking them questions, you know, understanding where they struggle, what their aspirations are, what can they bring to the team? Um, you know, not everyone wants to go into leadership. Some people want to specialize. Some people want to stay at the company and, until they retire. Some people want to move industries or want to move groups, right? So to really understand and to understand people and to build that trust, you ask them questions and you understand the unique things that drive them. You know, some people just want to get paid more. Some people want to be applauded in front of the group. Some people want to have more and more development opportunities, right? Not everyone is like you and not everyone is the same. And so you really need to recognize that as a leader, just the different drivers that people have. Yeah. I think that the way you're speaking about it, it's like really letting them know it's about them. Yes. And, you know, in the way that they're motivated in the way that they, you know, see their own career unfolding and to be able to, to coach them, to advise them, to, to play all those roles. Right. And to create that, that safe space and candor for them to say something to you that, that maybe they wonder, will, will you be happy with? Right. And, mm -hmm. and are they okay with, and the reality is every good leader, right. If you're able to, uh, you know, bring someone along either in the short run, midterm, or for sure, helping them in their long run, it, you're going to be memorable. And it sounds like a lot of these people have stayed in your head, uh, because of the impact they've had. They have, that's true. And it really, you know, for me, and, I, and maybe it's not for everyone, but I think about how I've moved uh, up and across that jungle gym. And of course, of course, there's skills involved, but it really is people, right? It is those connections. And I think about Patty, who I came into Patty's team because she was a mentor when we went through a big merger and acquisition at my previous company. And my role was eliminated, but because she was my mentor, she brought me into her team uh, to adapt and do a new role. And I think about every new role that I've had. And again, the skills get you in the door, but the people pull you through, right? It is really about people and making those connections and just that genuine trust. And, you know, when you're doing your job, you're, you're interviewing for the next two. So make sure that you're that's seen and that that's what you're doing. And your, I mean, the way you speak about it now makes it seem it's like very comfortable for you to, to, to go and communicate network, you know, uh, connect with people. And I'm sure it's a, for all of us, there, there could be a blend of just personality and then also growth or professional development. But where would you put yourself in terms of someone who's like naturally just gravitates towards being a people person? Or is that something that you've had to bolster over the years? I think that it is something I've really had to cultivate. I'd say I'd maybe more that than less that. But if it's a scale of one to 10, I'm not a 10, right, Aaron? But I realize that that I kind of like to get out of my comfort zone, right? I like to go to a new city and, and figure out the map and, and the transportation. When I'm too comfortable, it's a little bit boring. So it's a skill that I've really developed and harnessed. And I think, you know, I may not have my, have confidence that I can do it, but I have confidence in my ability to learn how to do it. And I think that that's what has really got me over the line is that that confidence in my ability to learn and my ability to grow. And I actually heard this from, from someone on my team just the other day. The first part of the word confidence is con. So, you know, fake it till you make it. So, you know, if, if you're not a people person, try, at least try, fake it till you make it. <laughs> that phrase that you have confidence in your ability to learn, I think that is such a, a nugget. And, you know, I know in talking to you and, you know, outside of this podcast that, that the growth mindset 
you know, philosophy is, is something that you take to heart. And, you know, it seems like that speaks to that, that concept, right. Is, is you don't have to, and, and I like, you know, fake it to make it is a phrase that we all use. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, what you just said, like the confidence to learn is even better, right. It's just jump in there. And in terms of what you're doing now to sort of push your envelope, right. You've gotten to a pretty senior position uh, and there's always more to learn, but where do you see your, your current growth edge? Like what are you trying to bring into your leadership uh, style or, you know, impact for the company? Yeah, that's a really great question, Aaron. You know, I, I'm really focused on culture right now. I think that culture is really the path to strategy execution. And so over the last year, we had to do a lot of kind of repair and, and clean up there. It just came in at a time of, of great chaos, if you will. And we've smoothed out that ride. But now I'm really looking at, you know, holistically, how can I make sure that my team is ready to execute, is ready to perform at a very, very high level. And you have to have that balance and you have to have that culture, you know, and there are many ways to define culture. And a good one that I heard is that culture is something, you know, it's what happens here that doesn't happen other places. And it's something that has to adapt. So that's really something that I'm working on, uh, not rolling out, but like making happen. Now that I've been at the company, it's been almost a year. I'm almost on my year anniversary. It's been a great year, but really fine tuning, you know, what we stand for, what behaviors we, we really want to reinforce and where we're going as a team and as a company and aligning with the strategic vision of the company. So great. And, and obviously it's been a, almost a year. And so I'm curious, and I don't know that you'll be able to speak to what folks have passed on to you, but on your team, if there's anybody who has passed on feedback to you of how it's felt to have you take over and, and to impart some of these things. Cause I think as leaders, you know, we have our grand visions and, and, you know, our intentions are good and, and we're, we have a focus and whether or not it's actually serving our people. I wonder if anyone's passed anything back to you about that. Yeah, they have. And I don't like patting my own back and talking about myself, but I will answer your question. Um, I did have to do some informational interviews to get some input for this podcast, because again, don't really want to talk about myself, but people have said, like, I do listen, right? I'm a professional listener, listener and I, I mean it. I'm not distracted when I'm listening to people. I'm fully focused. I'm fully engaged. Um, I really take their best interest at heart. And I really take work-life balance at heart because you, you cannot perform. You know, People are not just machines that work period. They have a life and you need to make sure to take into account their context and meet people where they are. And people have said that I do that, right? And that I only say what I mean. And I, I truly do care about them as people. I mean, I think back 20 years ago to my very first job, I stay in touch with the people who, I, you know, they're very, very different from me and our lives have taken very different paths, but just, I really do care about people and, and what they're doing and where they're going and what's happening in their lives. And it, it comes across, I guess. <laughs> I think it does. Yeah. I mean, anyone who knows you, I think that that comes off of you. And then the fact that, you know, it's not just, it's not just lip service, right? It's, it's, right. A, it's a genuine authentic presence. And I think that's great. And I would imagine it, it's, you know, something that probably has helped you to be successful across sales over a lot of your career, whether it's, you know, ed tech or fintech or wherever you've been selling, because I do think that that customers resonate with that. They resonate with someone who's genuinely trying to build a relationship with them. And, you know, you may stay in touch with a customer later on, but for no other reason than just to stay connected. And that's people, you know, they remember that. Yeah, I really do care when I want, you know, I find out that their children's names and when their birthdays are, you know, the people on my team and I remember and I, I care and I mean it. And I think that, you know, it goes across 
you know, who you're working with, who you're working for, your customers, but really that curiosity, that genuine curiosity, you know, with customers, we're not going to jump right into business because I care, I care about their context, right? How are they, how are they doing today? How do they get there? You know, what, what do they care about? The more curious you are, the better, frankly, any conversation is going to turn out. <laughs> yeah. You hit two things that matter. Be curious and listen. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> And then in terms of the the work-life balance that you were alluding to, to with your team, you obviously have a couple of things that you do to try to keep your life in balance. And, and what are those things that, that keep you grounded? Sure. Uh, one thing that uh, I really love to do is yoga. Uh, and so I make sure to have that just be an important part of my life. That is how I find that balance. You know, I feel like yoga does for your brain, what a massage does for your body. It just puts you in a really good state and, you know, really a place where you can focus and chill out. And that's really important for me. And I mean, to tie it back to work, something that, that I am rolling out with my team that I did with my previous company is, is bringing yoga and exercise into the workday. So we're going to do West coast workout Wednesdays where I bring in, you know, virtual, but instructor led live yoga or a hit workout that we can do once a month as a team virtually just, you know, it's one hour of your day, one hour of your month. And if it matters to you, you can make that happen. But I really make sure to balance out what I'm doing professionally with what I'm doing to, you know, get in a good place mentally and physically, because you've got to have that mental and physical health if you're going to have work health. Amazing. And in terms of the growing of your folks, right? So I know that you're passionate about, you know, your own career development, growing your people. Um, any tips or tricks other than the amazing things you've shared already, right? That you found over the years, right? Whether it was a leader that helped you to grow, right? Or something that you're doing, you know, that you find is unique to your brand for your people. And, and again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but it may, you know, I feel like sometimes there's these little things underneath that we haven't thought about. And so I wonder if there's any like, you know, Katie Parson, you know, uh, secret sauce that you weave in there? Sure. I don't know if it's a secret sauce, but you know, I, again, I'll go back to, I was a, a ballerina when I was growing up, a dancer, and we would do a lot of auditions and it's high stress, high stress when you're 12 and 15. Uh, and I think it's important to stand out. And that is one way I did that with dance is where I would, you know, you wear bright pink or you wear floret. I had a favorite fluorescent green top that I would wear and it does make you stand out. Right. I, I do have you know, red hair. So that helps, but it doesn't have to be something physical. And all, it can also be what I was talking about earlier. When people think of you, what comes to mind immediately? She's a human leader. She cares. She can bring balance into our team. What are those three things for you? Right. So I would say, do something that makes you stand out. It doesn't have to be something physical and make sure that you know what you stand for and what people think of when they think of you. And I think in terms of, uh, you know, as people are coming up the leadership ladder one thing they can do, again, what I mentioned earlier, is really to elevate others. You're not a high performer, and you're not a leader if you're not elevating others. And, you know, I know that you're not one to pat yourself on the back, but, you know, you, you kind of alluded to this 12 to 15-year-old ballerina, but you actually danced at a pretty darn high level. And um, I just wonder, you know, lessons learned from those experiences, because I do think that we we learn a lot and take a lot from our athletic pursuit, excuse me, our athletic pursuits that translates later on into our lives. So anything that you felt like from that career as a dancer, you feel like really uh, ingrained in you and, and has helped you to be successful through the, through the business world? 
Yeah, that is a really great question. I mean, I think one thing that was enlightening to me, and maybe everyone falls into this, where you think the world is like you, you think the people are like you, and that, you know that the the world is like you. But it was interesting in dance to see how differently everyone reacted if we if we won or if we lost or whatever was going on. Just the really the different responses and reactions of everyone. That people are very very different, and so you again need to meet them where they are, right? Some people need to be left alone. Some people need to be comforted. But I think it's really important, uh, you know, whether you're leading a team or you're an individual contributor, that people are going to respond very differently to the exact same situation. So that is one lesson that I took away. So cool. And I know there's a pretty important entrepreneur in your life uh, that got you going on your on your very first job, and this was your father. And uh, I wonder if we could kind of wrap up with our chat today by talking a little bit about his influence on you. And um, so maybe maybe share a little bit about uh, what Pops was up to. Sure. So Pops was a lifelong entrepreneur. His last venture was a coffee shop kind of pre-Starbucks days, but, uh, you know, making lattes and cappuccinos. So he taught me to be a barista. And I really thought that I would be taking over that business uh, and was would be an entrepreneur. And that was really what I focused on in university. But then my first job out of university was at Goldman Sachs at a a bulge bracket investment bank, which is basically the opposite of being an entrepreneur. You know, so the the other important lesson from him was to adapt. You know, that's that's where I landed. And that's really what sparked my interest at that time. And so, you know, it's something that has come up on personality tests and and inventories that I'm I'm an adapter. Like that is a strength of mine is adaptability. So I think I learned that from him. He just he had many different businesses, you know, the coffee shop was his last one, but many, many different things. And, you know, it's a bit stressful being an entrepreneur, you don't have, you're not a W2 employee, you don't have a steady income, but you need to adapt to the things that are coming up in your life that are changing and flowing in and out. And, and in terms of sales, right, I would imagine uh, you probably picked up a couple nuggets from your father uh, on how to approach sales. What did you learn? I mean, it goes back to asking questions, right? Doing that discovery and being curious and making sure that, you know, I tell my team, this is very simple. We don't want to use too many like overused phrases, but people buy from people they like, right? So you've got to be likable. It has to be genuine, right? But people buy from people who are curious and who they like and who have their best interests in mind, which is why I love where I am now, right? We just, we're working with with customers who we're really changing their lives and the lives of the kids that they're teaching. And it's, it's really rewarding. Yeah. And, and customer service. I mean, I think it's like, it's a term sometimes we think about in, in particular industries, but I just think when in sales, it's like the ability to give service to your customers, yes. I think is, is so critical. Absolutely. So look, I think that the education space, the children, the families, it's a, it's an area where, you know, the world needs more support and help. Yes. And so I'm, thankful for the work that you and your team are doing. Um, Keep up the solid work. It's so nice to get a chance to talk with you. And I hope uh, you and the the folks over at Renaissance have continued success for the rest of this year. Awesome. Thanks so much, Aaron. This was great. I really enjoyed it. All right, Katie, take care. You too. Bye. The Trailbreaker podcast is created by Aaron Feinberg with production support provided by Michael Morey. More interviews and videos can be found at aaronfeinberg.com.